When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Dan, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Hey, Mary Kay edition, where today Mary Kay Cabot answers questions from our football insider subscribers about all things Browns, including, of course, the latest on Deshaun Watson. Is there any chance that Bridges could be mended with Baker Mayfield if Deshaun Watson is suspended for a season or suspended indefinitely? And then we get into some uh, non-Deshaun Watson, non-quarterback stuff when we talk about rookies we'd like to see second-year players who can make an impact and more. That's all coming up. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, that's where all these questions came from. Cleveland.com slash Browns and Blue Banner at the top of the page. You get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day. You get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers so you, too, can send in questions for the Hey Mary Kay podcast. All right, here we go. Our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Tuesday Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay, let's get right to it as our uh, football insider subscribers, as they always do, came through with questions for us. We'll start with Randy Snyder in Parkersburg, West Virginia, and this sort of lines up with uh, something you wrote about over the weekend. Hey Mary Kay, can the Browns go deep in the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett playing all year? You know what? It's such a great question, Dan, and and I really hate to say it, but the more I talk to people, the more there is a concern that this could actually happen, that the league could come down really hard on Deshaun Watson and give him up to a year. And who knows, maybe there are some negotiations going on right now, back and forth between Deshaun's people and the Browns and the NFL, whereby if he does a certain amount of things uh, to get some, you know, to get some kind of help or make some restitution, maybe they'll come up with something where it's not going to be that long. Uh, but I'm starting to hear uh, real genuine concern that it could be that. Now, does that mean that the Browns are fine going forward with Jacoby Brissett? I think they're going to have to be. Uh, you know, the, I've said this many times before, the ship has sailed on Baker Mayfield. They're not going back to Baker Mayfield. They're not going to do that. They would rather get through this season with Jacoby Brissett than go back to Baker Mayfield. There is too much water under the bridge. Uh, there is too much bad blood that went on between those two. And uh, I just don't see it happening. So. Um, you know, and I think when you see that they excused him from this mini camp, that tells you right there, like they don't want him around and he doesn't want to be around. I mean, this just needs to end as soon as they can all find a way to make it end. So, yeah, they're going to have to be comfortable with Jacoby Brissett. But uh, as I wrote in my Hey, I'm case for Sunday, they have a great defense. They've got a great running game, good offensive line, 
good pass catchers. It's probably the best or one of the best supporting casts that Jacoby Brissett will have had in his career. And, you know, he's just going to have to hold down the fort and they're going to have to hope that they can challenge for a, uh, for a playoff berth in the event that he starts the whole season. Yeah. I mean, it is disappointing that the bridge is just so like torn down between the Browns and Baker because uh, I mean, a healthy Baker is probably better than Jacoby Brissett. Now Baker last year is not better than Jacoby Brissett. And maybe, you know, look, I mean, he had the rib issues in 2020. He had the shoulder injury in 2021. Maybe it's going to be tough for Baker to stay healthy for a whole season because of his stature. But, um, you know, there is a world where Baker could have helped this team and helped himself. But, you know, like you met that, that bridge got burned back when he requested that trade. Absolutely. I mean, that is basically when it happened. I mean, when Deshaun Watson turned the Cleveland Browns down initially and Baker came out and said, no, I want to be traded after that, uh, that was a burnt bridge right there. And then he came out and said, uh, the relationship is beyond repair. Uh, you know, and he, he basically said he's, he had no intentions of playing another down for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, there's just, the relationship is beyond repair. I asked Kevin Stefanski that last week at the um, mini camp at the uh, OTAs. I mean, we basically know the answer, but I I felt it was, I don't know. I hope it wasn't an unfair question. Um, But with everybody, so many people speculating that perhaps Baker Mayfield is going to come in on the white horse and, and start games. You know what I mean? It's just, it's unrealistic to think that's going to happen. If he's still on the roster, they need to answer for their plans with him, right? If the, even if those plans are, he's not going to play. Like they they owe fans and, and they owe everyone that answer. So right. as we talk about a potential heavy suspension for Watson, even a year-long suspension, or as you have thrown out there, a possibility. Um, again, this is we're all just guessing here, right? The idea of an indefinite suspension. Um, Paul from Danbury, Connecticut brings up a good point, or it brings up an interesting discussion, I think, in this whole Watson thing. Hey, Mary Kay, if Watson is suspended for a year or indefinitely, how does this help the team get to the Super Bowl? Is the front office willing to stand by their mistake at the cost of winning seasons. And the reason I found this interesting is because he uses the word mistake. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for the 2022 season only, and he plays the rest of his contract, would the Browns view that as a mistake? Not necessarily because the contract uh, would toll and it would basically, you know, if, if, if he is suspended for the year or suspended indefinitely or whatever. Um, yeah, I think the indefinite suspension where he is thereby banned from the league, which that could happen. Uh, then they would start the clock next year. And I think that, you know, the Browns would view that as an opportunity to go to a couple of Super Bowls sometime over the next five years. So, yeah, I, you know, that's something. And again, these are things that might be going on behind the scenes in terms of discussion, because the way that you approach that would impact, you know, the future and how long the Browns have them and those kind of things. So, um, you know, as of right now, I don't think that they will look at this as a complete and total waste if they can start the clock on him next season. Um, And again, as you mentioned, and we really need to make this clear, we are just guessing right now. We have no, I mean, they, I 
had originally heard that it could possibly be six games. Who knows? It could still be that. I doubt it right now, but you know, six, eight, 10 season indefinitely. I don't know where this is going yet. Yeah. There's so much variance here. Um, But the reason I think this is so interesting is like, look, I don't think the Browns traded for him thinking he would be suspended for all of 2022. I think that would be disappointing but they did trade for him with the idea that there would be a suspension. They'd have to weather that storm, whatever that looked like. And ultimately they signed him to a five-year fully guaranteed contract. So even if 2022 is a lost year, which isn't ideal because then you lose a year of miles, right? You, you lose a year of Denzel. You do lose a year of players. It hurts. But there is a bigger picture element to all of this. They signed up for five years of Deshaun Watson. And even if they only lose one, I don't know that it'll end up being like this massive mistake. Right. I mean, it all depends in that scenario. He will have been out of football for two full years. Yeah. That's the other part of it. Right. And um, you know, so on one hand uh, he will have saved a lot of wear and tear on his body, uh, his knees, his arm, all those kinds of things. Uh, You know, so as long as he's, you know, stays in good shape, stays in uh, in a good place that way, you know, then I guess he can come back next year and uh, and they can try to hit the ground running and see what they can do. But as you mentioned, uh, there are a lot of players that are right now kind of in the prime of their career. I mean, they really are in the prime. They're in that 25 to 28 year old range. That's what they want. That's what they were aiming for. And you don't want to lose that next year of that. I mean, Kareem Hunt might not be back after this season. Right. Um, you know, there, there are other guys. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, Jack Conklin has to stay healthy or you're going to be looking at trying to replace a right tackle. And that's a vitally important position. Um, you know, miles, not that miles is getting up there, but each year that miles plays, that's another year of wear and tear on his body. Jadavian Clowney might not be back after this year. So this team this year is uh, is set up to go to the Super Bowl, and you know they would have to really try hard to to match this talent level next year. Yeah, and you know wasting years that that rubs guys the wrong way too. Like, look, Miles wants to go down as one of the greatest ever, right? And you can't do that if you don't win Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, you you can, but winning Super Bowls just increases your case, right? Like Aaron Donald has been thought of as a great defensive player. I think winning that Super Bowl put him in this stratosphere of like, oh, is he the greatest defensive player ever now? Or is he in that discussion? I think Bill Belichick would argue that there's someone else who who belongs in that discussion as well, uh, and, and Lawrence Taylor. But, you know, losing, I, I would be curious how these guys would honestly feel if they, like, just had to play a year with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Nothing against Jacoby, but just as like, oh, now we're going to have to lose another year because they lost 2019 in a lot of ways. They lost 2021 in a lot of ways because they didn't deliver on on what they could have been and the quarterback got hurt. These lost years start to pile up a little bit. They really do. And we have seen Miles take on a more vocal role over the last couple of years in just how important it is for him to get to the Super Bowl and how important it is for this team to get there. And he holds everybody to such a high standard and, uh, I don't, I mean, he will never admit this, but I don't think that he would have been excited about Baker Mayfield coming back again uh, and going through what they went through last year. So, um, so I think it, it might have a, a tendency to be a little tough on some of those guys that are poised to get there. 
And uh, so they're just all going to have to get through it. I mean, really, we really don't know what Jacoby Brissett is right now or who he will be in 2022. He'll be 29 years old, which is perfectly young enough to succeed at quarterback. I mean, that's not like some other positions like running back where, you know, you're really starting to lose your fastball at 29. We are now seeing quarterbacks play until they're 35, 36, and in some cases beyond. Uh, So 29, he's certainly young enough. And as I mentioned before, he has a great supporting cast. He's got a really, really good defense. And they would just have to try to find a way uh, to play to his strengths, to focus maybe a little bit more on the running game uh, and to find things that he and everyone else does well so that this isn't considered sort of a a throwaway season. I mean, nobody wants that. Nobody's up for that. Okay, I want to go back to Baker. And uh, we sort of answered this, so I hope this isn't too repetitive. But I I do think this is a very direct question about it uh, from Tyson in New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, Hey, Mary Kay, if the suspension is a year long, would that give the Browns and Baker Mayfield the chance to reconsider their positions and maybe strike a deal that he would be the quarterback for the season, then he's free to go wherever he wants? What would that even look like? Would the Browns have to broach that topic? Would Baker have to come back to the Browns and say, hey, let's hit the reset button. I'm willing, you know, you guys scratch my back and let me start. I'll scratch yours and give you that starting quarterback. Is is there any scenario where, th- where that could happen? You know, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not seeing it and I'm not feeling it. Um, in addition to all the other things that we have talked about, Baker Mayfield was not happy throughout all of last season. He did not like the way that he was being used by Kevin Stefanski. There was a rift between those two, even if it wasn't super tangible and if it wasn't spoken and it wasn't articulated, it was there. And it was especially there on the part of Baker Mayfield. Uh, and there were other players that knew about that. There were other players that, uh, that, that, you know, regardless of what the Browns were willing to say or admit publicly, uh, it was a thing. It was a thing that he did not like the way things were going with him. Uh, so that's another one of the reasons why I, I just don't see it. And there have been times in the past, even with the Cleveland Browns, where a player has to just suck it up and realize this is a business and you just go out and you do what you have to do. Um, but in this case, I just think there's too much uh, you know, just too much angst, too much bad blood on both sides. I, I know it's, I know fans want this because there are so many fans that still like Baker Mayfield and still think that he is that quarterback that came in here and busted open the beer coolers and shotgunned the beer and said all kinds of cool things and got young people on his back and took them to the playoffs. And it's hard to get over that for a lot of people. And I understand that. But it's over. I mean, it is over. And I I really think that people need to kind of give up the illusion that he's going to come in here and save the day. Okay, so we'll ask this question because maybe this seems more likely than Baker Mayfield starting. This is this is kind of a fun one. Paxton Styles from Chevrolet, Maryland. Hey, Mary Kay, excluding Deshaun and Baker Mayfield, which of the previous Browns quarterbacks? Oh, since the expansion here, I didn't see that part would be the most successful if they were on the Browns current roster. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, (laughs) And I think we're taking these players like, or like, you know, when they play. So like Tim couch, when he's just out of college or, you know, 
Derek Anderson in his prime, whatever that means. Yeah. Before, yeah. Before Tim couch was sacked 54 times a season and couldn't play anymore. Although if you've seen Tim couch's Instagram, he might still be able to suit up and sling the ball <laughs> around a little bit. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so yeah, he's one that I would think of because I always thought that, I mean, it was Tim couch playing with uh, a bunch of ragtag guys. It was such an expansion team. Uh, it, it just was not a good football team. And so, yeah, I think that he's one that I would, you know, probably plug in with this group uh, to see what they could do. And I think that he would be uh, somebody that could get you some victories. I mean, maybe not to the Super Bowl, uh, but a healthy Tim Couch would have been able to maybe get this team to the playoffs. What about, this is a weird one. Um, and this is a guy that kind of got, he had one of his worst career years here, but he actually had some success after he left and he was pretty successful before he got here. Jeff Garcia. Yeah. I knew you were going to say old Jeff Garcia, <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's another one that put into the right situation with the right West coast offense, the right coaches and the right supporting cast. Jeff Garcia could be successful. He has been successful in his career. And when he came here, he landed in dysfunction. That's where we get all these quarterbacks like, ragging on Cleveland because they land in this horribly dysfunctional situation. And, you know, and, and it just seems like, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for people to blame, but you know, it, it was just the organization. It just wasn't conducive to a good quarterback coming in here and having success coming in from somewhere else or coming in from college. It just, it wasn't set up that way. Now it pretty much is. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks that can be plugged into this football team and go out and win some games. Yeah. It's, it's just having this stable organization where you kind of know what you're building and, and kind of know what you're looking for in a quarterback that you can go find someone to, like you said, at, at the very least uh, plug in and, and be successful. I mean, look, they did it in 2020, right? They built this thing around Baker and his strengths and, and they ended up making the playoffs that year. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And then we actually have some non-quarterback questions uh, that some folks sent in to us. And we are back on the orange and Brown talk podcast. Let's go to Joe in London, Ohio, who says, Hey, Mary Kay, which second year player has the biggest chance to impact the defense because of their versatility, JOK or Newsom? A few months ago, it would have seemed a slam dunk for JOK, but with Newsom getting a bunch of reps inside at OTAs, you could see a scenario where he gets close to Denzel level as an outside guy and then shut down slot ability. So which of those two do you think impacts this defense more in year two? It's such a great question. I mean, it's a that is a really, really good question. And, you know, you could ask 10 people and <laughs> you would it, it would be a 50-50 split. That, that would be my guess, because when you look at, at Greg Newsom, yes, he's going to continue to play outside and he is going to play in the slot. But as we've heard people say, and as if you as you have heard me say, uh, a lot of guys are going to be playing in the slot. It's not going to just be Greg Newsom playing in the slot this year. That's why when we go out and we watch training camp and even mini camp to a certain extent over the next three days, uh, you will see a lot of different guys playing in the slot and getting opportunities in there because there's a little bit of a, a, a shift in, in thinking on that this year. Um, so that kind of puts a different little bit of a spin on it just because he's getting a lot of reps there right now. doesn't mean he's going to be in there all the time. So 
JOK? Oh boy, this is, it is, it's, it's a really good question and a tough one to answer because I think JOK is uh, going to be so much better this year. I, you know, I think he had just such a, a difficult rookie season for so many reasons. And I think that they are going to find so many more things for him to do. I think Joe Woods, uh, you know, slow played it with JOK. I think he really kept a lot off of his plate so that he did not overwhelm him so that he could build his confidence and so that he could hit the ground running this year in his second year and try different things and have more things to do. So I think I'm going to go with JOK because, um, you know, I, I just think that I think that he will. I think he has more in his repertoire that we haven't seen yet. And we already have seen Greg play in the slot. We know he can do that and he will do it. But I think there's, there's going to be more JOK will be doing this year that we really haven't seen a ton of it yet. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I think like JOK, his impact might be felt more just because he's going to be rushing. He's going to be doing some coverage. He's just in a position where you're going to feel that impact more. I, I mean, there's a chance where Greg Newsom is just locking a guy down outside all game. And mm -hmm. that's impactful and probably just as impactful, but you're not seeing that, you know, it's just so you just don't hear Greg Newsom's name all game. And I think JOK is going to be a guy that, I mean, I think there's going to be games where people are watching at home and just, they hear Jeremiah Wusukorma over and over and over again. Um, I, I just think he's got that sort of potential. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Greg Newsom, you know, maybe they'll go at him at his side or at his man five times a game, right? Maybe six times a game. And so, you know, there he will be involved on those plays. But JOK has an opportunity to affect the play pretty much on every down. And I think he'll be on the field just almost all the time. So, again, whether he's dropping into coverage, whether he's blitzing, uh, you know, whether he's, he's just making the tackle, I, you know, I do think that he will have more opportunities to make those impactful plays. I like this question. It's straightforward, right to the point from the 216 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, which of the rookies are you most looking forward to watching? Wow. That's, that is a really good question. And I think there are a handful that, you know, once again, if you asked a bunch of different people here this question, you're going to get a, a bunch of different answers. I mean, it could be Cade York. Somebody could answer Cade York, right? Now, I'm not going to say Cade York because I don't know. I just don't. Uh, even though we enjoyed watching that 60-yard kick the other day, I, I don't know that I'm going to put kicker here at the top of the list. I, I don't know. I don't know why I, I feel that way, but probably just because it's, it's special teams and it's a kicker. Um, but I, I'm sure there are plenty of people that would put Cade York first on this list, but we've been watching David Bell have a really nice camp. We've been watching Perry on Winfrey, Martin Emerson, Alex Wright. Those are your candidates. And out of those guys, I am going to say David Bell. I'm going to say David Bell because I think he has a chance to step in and get a lot of playing time. They're so excited about this guy. And I, I think that, that he's going to come in and he's going to make an impact. Now, having said that, a lot of this hinges upon, upon who is the quarterback. If it's Deshaun Watson, then I think David Bell is due for a really nice season. I think he'll come up the learning curve quickly. I think he's a very smart player. Uh, I think he can play inside, outside. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. But if Deshaun's not his quarterback, I think it'll be a little harder 
to be the player that, that he can be and to maximize his potential right away. Having said that, I'm sure you could make a case for, for Perrion. We all can't wait to see him. We're all intrigued by Martin Emerson and everybody raves about Alex Wright. Yeah, I think Martin Emerson is the guy I would talk myself into just because I'm curious to see how they use him. Like, are they going to use him on some big, on some tight ends? Um, you know, we don't get to see them go against the Chiefs this year, at least in the regular season. But like, you know, when they play the the Ravens, are, are we going to see Martin Emerson against Mark Andrews? Um, or, you know, are we going to see them? I, I just want to see how they sort of deploy him and, and how he fits. And, uh, you know, ultimately he might, he might end up being that third outside corner. It's going to be between him and Greedy. Uh, you know, obviously Greedy's the incumbent there and he had a great year last year, but that's kind of a battle to watch uh, in, in training camp. So I think that's the guy, if I had to pick one, that's one the one that I guess I'm most intrigued by. But yeah, like you said, I mean, any of these, any of these players, especially those first like four picks, like, like you can make a really convincing case. Yeah. And Martin, I mean, he, he's almost a little bit of a, a sleeper pick for this, I think, because even though he was the first selection in this draft because Perion Winfrey came in like a wrecking ball on draft day. Right. And he was just loud and proud and all over the place. And, uh, and David Bell came in with a lot of fanfare, not so much Martin and Alex, they were sort of like, you know, quiet, low key under the radar a little bit, you know, even though they're getting good reviews, you know, they're just not, you know, guys that have been, you know, talked up all that much uh, either by themselves or others. But I do think that uh, those guys could sneak up on a lot of people this year. Okay, one more as we uh, quick hit a bunch of these today. Uh, Dennis Blackburn from Tampa, Florida. He actually says, Dear Mary Kay. Maybe that should be the new the new branding for this. It's, it's just sort of like a Dear Abby thing. It'll be like, yeah. Dear Mary Kay. No more Hey Mary Kay. We could do that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's much more uh, it's, it's much more polite, I guess. Uh, dear... <laughs> Dear Mary Kay, which area of the Browns is the most susceptible to depth problems due to the inevitable injuries that will occur? Oh, that's another good question. Our um, our subscribers come up with the best questions and they come through every single week. And we are very grateful about that. Um, I still think that defensive tackle is a place to look at as a, a spot where there isn't that much depth. And they are hoping that a guy like Jordan Elliott can take a step up. Now I talked to Chris Kiffin, the defensive line coach about him at OTAs last week. And he said, he's the guy he's been most impressed with during OTAs. And I wasn't quite sure if he was talking about amongst the tackles or just in general, uh, but nevertheless, he singled him out for praise. So Jordan Elliott, Jordan Elliott is somebody to watch there. And was, as we mentioned, Perion Winfrey is going to go in there. I think he's probably going to start and be this year's sort of version of uh, Malik McDowell starting in his first season. Uh, but if you get any injuries in there, you're, you know, you're starting to look at, you know, the Tommy Togi eyes and, uh, and guys like that. So uh, that's the spot that I say, would say uh, is a depth concern. Uh, but certainly there, there are other positions where you really don't want to have injuries and tackle offensive tackle is another one of those spots. I mean, you really don't want to be without Jack Conklin. And so all fingers are crossed that he comes back strong from his torn patellar. And they're hoping that Jed Wills steps it up uh, this year and rebounds from an injured marred season last year. Uh, but that's another spot where you just don't really want to get into your depth too much. Yeah. There's a couple positions that are kind of sneakily, like maybe not quite as deep as we thought tight end. Um, right. What if you lose one of those guys and now you're looking at 
you know, again, a, a Marcus Santos Silva, maybe who has to play a lot more than you expected or something like that. Receiver is an area where, yeah, I mean, you've talked about this. What if Amari Cooper gets hurt? Some of it is just like if the wrong guy gets hurt, you know, like if Miles Garrett gets hurt, obviously you still got Jadavion, but that's, but you lose Miles Garrett. Like there's no replacing a player like that. Right. And so, yeah, when you're talking about your stars, I mean, even when you go to cornerback, you don't want to lose Denzel Ward. My goodness, they do have depth there, uh, but you just don't want to lose those Pro Bowl type of players for any length of time. You don't want to lose Nick Chubb. I mean, think about that. Right. So. um, So, yeah. And then depending on what happens with Deshaun quarterback, you know, might shoot to the top of that list. You you really don't want to uh, have to be worrying about playing, starting Josh Dobbs for 10 games this season, if you can avoid it. Yeah, that would, that would not be ideal. Okay. There we go. Our, uh, Hey, Mary Kay edition of the orange Brown talk podcast. All those questions came from our football insider subscribers, Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info about that and get signed up. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the orange Brown talk podcast, because we'll be bringing you these daily podcasts. They aren't stopping. All the way through after mini camp this week, we're going to have daily podcasts still coming your way in July, all the way up to training camp. Uh, you don't get that many, many other places. So make sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great.